Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we're in the cocktail space. I can't even wait. You're going to hear all about fresh Victor craft cocktails. I can't even wait to, for you to meet my guest. Ken McKenzie's on. Ken, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Justin. And I, I really appreciate it. I'm glad you're here. Um, I had so much fun like researching, getting to know you a little bit and your brand before today. Um, it's a topic I can't wait to dive into. And before we do that, though, I always love to shine the light on our guests and their background a bit. So how about share a little bit about your background before Fresh Victor? And I know you're in the beverage space, so you had some background and experience in it, but share some of that with our audience. Sure. So initially, like most people, I didn't uh, until I did. And <laughs> right. so <laughs> for me, it was kind of a, a unique and uh, sentimental story. I uh, ended up falling in love with a girl from Guadalajara, Mexico, here in the San Francisco Bay Area. And when it was time for her to leave and go back to Guadalajara, I uh, followed her back down. And was looking for, you know, quite frankly, investment opportunities that rationalize I need to be here or close to her or stay. Sure. And um, I, you know, I, I got kind of frustrated in the sense that I couldn't find anything that was a good match, whether it was textiles or jewelry or art or, you know, you name it, it was already saturated. And one of the things that I had learned at, at, in school at a very young age was, hey, if you're looking to do something, if you can't do it better than others or differently, there's really no reason to jump into a saturated space. Sure. And so I was, you know, kind of grasping at straws for a while there. Um, and luckily for me, her family had very close ties into the ultra premium tequila space, um, 100% agave tequilas. And at the time in the mid nineties, it really wasn't so commonplace in the States or Europe or Asia. Um, there was certainly a handful of brands that were relevant or people knew, but I think for the most part as a sweeping generalization growing up in the States, um, at that time, it was relegated to shots and margaritas and college hangovers or nightmares that people were still <laughs> right. clinging to. Totally. <laughs> Um, and I put myself right just in square in that space, in that box. I, I, I think I had that preconceived notion as well. When I really took the time, the real time to learn about growing agave, uh, fermentation, distillation, the art that goes into really creating this very complex spirit, not only did I fall in love with the girl, but I also fell in love with the whole idea of 100% agave tequila being a premium spirit that deserves to be alongside, let's say, cognac. Sure. Wow. Um, and so I spent the next year and a half or so of my life just learning as much as I possibly could about the category, uh, visiting all the best distilleries, really integrating myself vertically into that space. And it ended up... Um, turning into a consulting gig for me where I was really able to bridge between the U.S. and Mexico and recognize that they were two very different societies. Um, Mexico is very, what can you do for me today? And it's cash driven. 
Whereas the U.S. is long-term planning and credit and terms and all these different things. And so it became a really unique um, time for me as far as being able to say, here's what's going on in Mexico as far as the tequila itself, uh, what it would take to produce it, what it would take to import it, market it, distribute it, what the retail play would be. And that took up a good three or four years of my life until my wife uh, very intelligently turned to me and said, why aren't we doing this for ourselves? Why are you showing everybody this magic formula (laughs) of how to do tequila? And uh, we never looked back. And so 20 years later, uh, we've been in the tequila space for a really long time. And um, luckily, uh, we've really found kind of much like you with this podcast, our, our niche as far as we could continue doing tequilas over and over and over. But what was really rewarding to us over the last five years was creating a broad market opportunity where we could introduce cocktail and mocktail solutions beyond just tequila. Wow. So that year that you spent digging into the category and understanding the market and whatnot, like how did you do that? Like How did you figure that out? How do you decide where to spend your time and invest your time? It's it's truly a risk because <laughs> there there there's no guaranteed reward on the other side. Or right? There's no right. You're not able to tell that hey, this is going to be time well spent or well valued, and there's going to be a, a definite uh, ladder here that you can climb up. Um, however, what I did notice it was twofold. One, Mexi- the people in Mexico couldn't have been warmer and more receiving. Um, there, I did find, that it, especially in the beginning, Justin, that there was somewhat of a mistrust as far as, is this something that you're doing as a hobby for fun for a weekend or a month? Right. Or you're really doing this? And it took time. It took time to build those that trust in those relationships and really show, like, I'm here I'm not only do I have a fervent desire to learn, but I want to make turn this into a real business opportunity. Sure. Makes sense. Awesome. Um, I'm going to fast forward now. So uh, talk about Fresh Victor. For those that have not um, visited or learned about the brand yet, you can go to shop.freshvictor.com. Um, talk about the brand and your products and where you are today. Yeah. So I think that this journey where it, it ultimately led us... Um, as I was going around the country and kind of doing tequila seminars and teaching people about 100% agave tequila and how mixable it is and, you know, uh, all the practical applications, one of the things that I really came across was the concept of cocktail creation. And tequila is a wonderful spirit for making cocktails. It's right up there with vodka or rum or gin or anything else. You know, it, it really is very mixable. But it has a ceiling. And so what I experienced, especially this last decade, was kind of that question of what else you got? You know, what else can we do? (laughs) What's next? What else can you do? What's next? Yeah. And I also noticed that what they were asking me essentially was not only, you know, what kind of tequila cocktails can we make, but what kind of fresh, good cocktails can we make? And what's the cheat code? You know, I think that we all grew up kind of in the same way, probably, where we're used to these neon green mixes that are chock full of preservatives. You wonder how yes, long it's been I've on the shelf. Those. I've seen those. 
Yeah, there there really wasn't a whole lot of options out there. And so right. what they were essentially asking me is, hey, you make these beautiful cocktails, but it takes you five or six minutes to make a drink. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that in our homes. <laughs> and we're certainly not going to do that at the bar or restaurant level where it takes that long to make a singular drink. Sure. What can we do to experience that freshness or that, you know, handmade three ingredient margarita without going to the degree of sourcing the ingredients, the agave nectar, you know, all these different things that we have to do. And on top of that, and maybe equally as important, what if we like vodka, rum or gin or whiskey or, you know, whatever else for mixing? And so it really occurred to us over the years that this opportunity was much bigger than we had initially anticipated. What the market was asking for was we want to get away from these preservative, you know, chock full mixes that are four or 500 calories a drink that are shelf stable, that are no good. And we, we essentially want these handmade cocktails, but we want it craft cocktails made easy. And that really wasn't a thing. Right. And so, which is a little shocking, right? I mean, it's not a, a new space, but maybe it hadn't been reinvented, like you were saying. Yeah, you know, it's a, you bring up a great point. It, it, it's not by any means a new concept, but it was really amazing when you go out and do kind of a market audit and say, hey, what, what are the offerings out there? And what I discovered was whether, it, for the industry at least, whether it was for restaurants, bars, hotels, et cetera, they were either buying straight juice or shelf-stable mixers. Got it. There was no like easy, simple, straightforward solution for the consumer. Also, there wasn't a go-to, you know, uh, category that was like, here you go. So we're tasked with this. And what I found was really, really interesting, you know, with distributorships in the industry, they don't encourage you to do something that is difficult to distribute. And so if it's cold, if it's refrigerated, if it's preservative free, if right. it's fresh, it's a lot harder yeah, than something no that doubt. can sit in a warehouse for two no years. No doubt. <laughs> so, um, and, and yeah, go ahead. We were just met with, you know, having to figure out how do we do this in a way that we can be proud and we can say, hey, th this is exactly how we wanted to do it and keep that quality statement with the convenience and also figure out the distribution facet, which is much more akin to fresh juices or dairy. Got it. Versus alcohol. Um, interesting. Cactus pear and pomegranate, jalapeno and lime, cucumber and lime, Mexican lime and agave, a lot, a couple others. Amazing. Where did you start? Was there one that you started with or did you start with multiple flavors? So when we launched, we did launch with five flavors. We, we launched with multiple flavors. We're up to nine now. I would say the base mix or the father to all the mixes is the Mexican lime and agave. Got it. Is that your top seller? How, how does that look? It is our top seller. I, I You know, it's it's funny. People default to what they're familiar with right. or what they're looking for. Yeah, I think so, right? And here's the 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 great thing for us. is it, it's, a, it's a wonderful proposition in the sense that, yes, it makes a, an amazing margarita. Like, you can go straight there. There's no thinking about this. It's A to Z. I've got my margarita. This plus tequila and you're done. However... 
I've always subscribed to the school of thought pertaining to if you're using these fresh ingredients, if it's truly fresh and it's cold pressed and fresh squeezed and all these different things, that should be able to really pair with anything that you like best. And so the thing that I like so much about Fresh Victor is whatever you like, whether it's vodka, rum, gin, tequila, whiskey, champagne, or sparkling wine, wine for sangria. With any of those, got it. Hmm. Interesting. Any of those. And the the other facet, which I think is really worth talking about, you know, I've had a a series of people throughout my life that have decided that they don't want to drink, whether they uh, never drank in the first place, they're, they, you know, uh, are pregnant, um, uh, you know, what, whatever the circumstance may be where they decide, hey, this isn't for me. Um, and they want to be included. And something that I really found as a souping generalization over the years was you'd have these people in the corner with a, holding a bottle of water or a can of Coca-Cola. <laughs> right. And they felt excluded. Right. And what we really wanted to create was an atmosphere where you could use our mixers and the people that were mixing them with spirits or wine or anything else it could stand right next to people that were mixing them with sparkling water or still water or tea or anything else. And they were sharing the exact same experience or celebration. Pretty cool. Really, really cool. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Um, where did you start? So I know you said it started with five flavors. Did you already know how to get mix made and produced and like the manufacturing process, or did you have to learn that? You know, that great question. So um I initially had to learn that. I, I really did have to learn that. That didn't just come overnight. Um, and I know three or four ingredients seems really simple at first look, <laughs> but to balance that formulation is more complex than I ever anticipated, um, or I probably wouldn't have done it in the first place. Um, that base mix, the Mexican lime and agave, initially took us about 12 to 18 months to formulate, to be able to titrate it up to industrial, like a, a real production run. Um, and so what you do in the R&D or the research and development uh, initially is you're in a commercial or test kitchen and you're really mixing these formulas up over and over and That's over right. again. Absolutely. To balance the acidity and the pH against the bricks or the sweetness and really dial in where you want to be. And you know that your mixer is going to be diluted against something. And so whether you're adding a spirit and shaking it with ice or you're adding sparkling water or whatever it is, you need to balance that mixer knowing that something else is going to be introduced to it. Absolutely. That's so interesting. So um, when did you, as you were working through that process, when did it become real? Like when did you get a sale or in a, in a, a segment, like you saw that this is going to become more than just a cool hobby? So um, first time around, um, we had done this in Austin, Texas. I had I had a tequila portfolio out there from 2008 until 2013. And um, that's really where we had the initial idea and we formulated the mixers there. Um, we, we launched them. They were successful. It had that broad market appeal where... No matter what you were drinking or what the spirit company was or whatever else, we could we could pair with that. Um, and so that was really championed by markets like Whole Foods and restaurant chains and these sorts of things. When I uh, left and exited in, in 2013, I came home to the San Francisco Bay Area 
And I'm sure that my wife thought that we were going to start the fifth tequila. Um, she she kind of begged me (laughs) not to, (laughs) um, and she reminded me that one of the most rewarding things that we had ever done w- were the fresh mixers that really, really had an appeal. Um, and so we wanted to do kind of jump from 1.0 to 3.0 version. And that was Fresh Victor. And so we kind of uh. hatched the idea for what what if instead of a portfolio product like you know tequila plus mixers, et cetera, what if we just focused on that mixer space that both really caught on and we enjoyed so much. Um, It was really rewarding to see all sorts of different people gravitate towards the mixers um, and really appreciate it for what it was, that this was a really good solution to being able to make fresh cocktails at home. Sure. And so we created Fresh Victor and um, we really started with the Epicurean marketplace. So retail, you always want to launch where you can have the ability to test it totally and really see what's happening in real time. Sure. And so the idea was to go out to kind of higher end market chains, like uh, family owned markets and the such, especially here in the Bay area and Northern California to see how the customers were to react. And for us, it was wonderful because it created a halo effect over the spirits department. You know, we saw the salespeople in market actually saying, have you seen this stuff yet? It's fresh, it's all natural, it's preservative free, it's low calorie because they don't put anything in it. Um, it can go with anything in your shopping cart, you know, whatever you're buying today. It's a wonderful, you know, opportunity for you. Sure, um, absolutely. And when, when you get that positive feedback and you know that it's tracking or working, then we really were able to, you know, uh, springboard up to on-premise to kind of the restaurants and the bars and Got the casinos, and nightclubs and, you know, concert venues and these sorts of things where we could tell people, hey, this is absolutely consistent. You know, it doesn't matter if it's the Monday bartender or the Saturday bartender. It's going to be the exact same cocktail each and every time when you use it. Totally. I love that. And then you've added, you started with five, you've added four more. How have you decided what flavors to add? You know, the best we can hope for, or the best I try to do is <laughs> I, I look out there for what people want to drink sure. and what I hear is popular. And so um, for us, uh, what we've just introduced, you know, over this last 30 day period, uh, for instance, grapefruit and sea salt, fresh grapefruit Ooh, and sea salt. That's interesting. The Paloma is a really popular cocktail. It is. It really is. Yep. And so we wanted to address that. We thought it was a really good time to say, hey, what if you could do fresh Palomas at home or, you know, on cocktail menus? Yeah. Um, it also lends itself to a myriad of uh, different ways to to drink it as a, a flavor. Salty dog with vodka. You know, there, there's a lot of traditional cocktails that can be made with grapefruit. But it's so refreshing that we're seeing it being used for sangria and seeing it be used for mimosas and all sorts of fun things. Wow. Really cool. Um, as you look at growth ahead, like next six to 12 months, how do you think about that? New brands, new lines, new uh, routes to market or stores? What does that look like? So, you know, I, I'm, I'm a real fan of not getting in over one's skis. I, you know, I, I think a mile deep, never a mile wide. Got um, it. 
So you want to be careful about picking your markets. You don't want to, you know, spread yourself too thin or not have the bandwidth to succeed correctly where you are. Um, that being said, what we're really trying to do um, is focus on California, Texas, Florida, um, Chicago, uh, Las Vegas, you know, some really key turnkey markets and introduce it in two ways. Introduce it to the industry where fresh cocktails can become an everyday reality um, on-premise at the sure. restaurant Absolutely. and the bars and the places that people go to their favorite watering holes to drink on the weekends and happy hours. And then two, and just as important for us, we really want to create a atmosphere where people feel uh, find our mixers and feel like, hey, this is a real find. We're so happy that we found this stuff and they want to share it and celebrate with others. Um, and we found that the pandemic, while companies tended to either just completely sink or just accelerate. Sure. It really was a time for us, Justin, where we saw a lot of people using it at home because people were drinking so much more at home. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yes. So I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> You've yep, seen it from no afar. Doubt. Right. Of course. That's great. Um, and so exciting what you got going on. I always love to ask our guests uh, some of their biggest lessons learned. You've built you know, you're, you've been an entrepreneur now and you're doing again with this brand. Uh, we have a lot of entrepreneurs listening to the podcast. What would be two or three pieces of advice that you'd offer to them? You think about launching a brand uh, either in the beverage space or other? Culture, company culture, I think, you know, comes to mind right away. That probably is up top for me. Um, I can't overstate that enough uh, as far as what what you put out there and who you work with and the kind of environment that you create for uh, uh, building something is everything. Um, it sounds corny, you know, hey, we're a family and we really do care about each other outside of work and all that. But it, it really is to a large degree necessary because if you can't count on these people, I mean, really trust them and count on them, you're not going to get to that goal that you ultimately want to achieve. Sure. Um, and that that's a lesson learned, Justin, over decades. Um, I've had iterations of this and it's evolved and I've worked with people because I've had to work with them. Sure. I've worked with people because I want to work with them. And I found that when you're really able to put together your kind of quote unquote dream team of people that you wake up and you're excited to talk to and excited to get to the next level with, things are so much easier. It it it, it, totally. it is just a joy to 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 build this. Um, you know, secondly, and just as importantly as perseverance, um, these things don't have it's a marathon. These things almost never happen overnight or the first year or anything else. You hear these stories and it's a lot more rare than you may think. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. Yeah. These it's, are the unicorns. You, right. Just, it's not I have easy. people that say, hey, <laughs> how long did it take you to build? About six months? Right. No, six years. Yeah, exactly. It, you re really have to dig in and you have to be committed. And so the third thing that I would tell you is the passion. You really, really have to have a passion for what you're doing and uh, love it. You you can't be lukewarm on it. You can't say, hey, I, I'm going to just see if this works or it doesn't work. Right. You have to feel like, hey, the best thing that I've done for myself is create an opportunity 
that I couldn't be any more excited about. And therefore, I'm going to put all my love, time, energy. Um, my whole family's behind it. My my 11-year-old and my 7-year-old and my wife and my parents and my in-laws and everybody wears Fresh Victor t-shirts and they're talking about <laughs> Fresh Victor and they're drinking Fresh Victor in different ways and they're introducing people to it. I love it. That's the kind of atmosphere you want. No doubt. It's really cool. Man, uh, excited for you and uh, your product, where it's going. I love the packaging, by the way. Um, is Thank that a llama? You. Is it a llama on all the labels? Then you've customized the other fruits and whatnot. Is that what I see? Yeah. So that's another great question. Um, we, you know, when, when doing a brand or a consumer brand that you're going to have out in the marketplace, whether it's on premise or off premise, one of the most important things to me is it needs to be iconic. Um, and I'll use a very puerile, you know, uh, childhood example, Tony Tiger, Frosted Flakes. You see that box, you know what it is. You know, exactly. I don't have to explain it to you or I don't have to say, <laughs> hey, guess what's in this box? And that that's what you want to kind of create from the onset is something unique enough where somebody identifies this with your product. And for us, it's creating dialogue points. And so just like you did, which is a classic example for me, we get asked all the time, hey, what, is that a llama? Is that a camel? Is that an alpaca? <laughs> They're starting a conversation about our product. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> and we're able to answer. And so we're able to say, hey, yeah, that, that that's a llama. And, you know, um, the fruit was just a really cool thing. Um, there's a graphic designer here in Petaluma in the Bay Area that has done a lot of just wonderful consumer brands. His name is Stephen Noble. He's done everything from the Esplone skeletons on the tequila bottles to the Sam Adams beer guy, Altoids. I mean, the list goes, it's really deep. The Kraken for the rum. Wow. Um, and he just such a wonderful person and such a joy to work with that we had asked we had uh, asked him to create both the llama yep as well as these fruit combinations and as you'll notice Justin on every single one of our labels yep we're be we're basically something with something else it's, right you know strawberry and lemon right grapefruit I and see that apple. yep so cool. and so he hand drew these fruit combinations for us and he continues to be with us as we launch new flavors but that's been a real gift for us because we felt that it stood out and since inception it's always gotten a lot of questions which has generated some buzz around it really cool yeah great packaging i mean that's it's a big you. deal that means and it looks nice um Man, so great meeting you. Uh, so great having you on. Um, and thanks, Ken, for sharing your story. Share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, buy product, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can find it online at freshvictor.com. And we, we have direct shipping to your doorstep. I'd also encourage you to use the uh, finder on our website as far as grocery, where you can find it at Whole Foods right, or Molly like Stones store locator. or Gregor's or yep. the store locator. Um, you can also find us uh, on premise. So we're getting into more restaurants and bars and, you know, uh, casinos and the such. And uh, look out for our flavors. You know, there's nine distinct flavors. And if you see something on a menu that says jalapeno and lime or grapefruit and sea salt, uh, it could be us. 
Wow. Very, very cool. Well, man, thank you for coming on um, and talking to us, sharing some ideas with us. You got to come back on down the road as you continue to grow and develop the brand. So uh, fun to hear your story and really just appreciate you making time today. I, I can't thank you enough, Justin. It was a true pleasure meeting you. And at the very least, I'd like to send you a full pack of Fresh Victor. If you <laughs> Definitely. I'm ready to start mixing. <laughs> done and That's done. Awesome. Hey, man, thanks for being here. You're very welcome. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.